Hello, this is David Metric, founder of Airbrook One, where we are reimagining how you can book and fly privately. With the big increase in popularity in flying private jets over the past couple of years, it's our hope that our listeners will learn many of the ins and outs of flying private jets. It's a very cool world, tough to break into, so let's get into it. We just had a great conversation with Paul Moko, who's with Fly Easy out of Ontario, Canada. And they're an entrepreneurial tech company, kind of like we are at Airbrook One. And they saw a problem. Uh, they went into the market to solve it. That's what they're doing. And we go through the entrepreneurial roadmap, if you will, a little bit of kind of where he came from, what their thoughts were. Uh, they eventually sold to Tavuli, which is a large, large, large aviation company um, that runs payment processing for a lot of different companies in the world for private air. And uh, the conversation is great. I hope you guys enjoy it. And you'll get a sense from a, another entrepreneur how we look at private aviation. Today, we're welcoming Paul Moko from Fly Easy Software uh, based in Ontario, Canada. Paul, how are you today? I'm good, David. How are you doing? I am doing great. Uh, a little bit of background. Paul and I have known each other in the industry for probably about a year, almost, or coming up on a year. Yep, um, yep. Paul is just like I am more on the entrepreneurial side of the business, which is why we're lucky to have Paul on our podcast, because I really want to talk about the entrepreneurship side and kind of how people look at it from the outside or even in industry and kind of looking at what the problems are, issues are to try to solve them. So like this is going to be a great conversation. And as I said, Paul's with Fly Easy Software, uh, plays in sales and marketing. And if you tell us a little bit about what you do, a little bit about Fly Easy, I think that'd be a great start. Sure. So, hey, it's very nice to be on the show. Uh, thanks very much for hosting me. It's been a pleasure knowing you and getting to know you as well. FlyEasy is a software for private jet charter. There's three basic components, which is sourcing aircraft, managing trips, and helping market yourself. So website tools and empty leg email tools and so on. Uh, my background, I in FlyEasy, I lean into the marketing sales trips, events that we do, really a lot of different hats. Uh, anywhere that we seem to be needed, we're quite flexible at the company to pour in our expertise there. Yeah, all, all I know is every time I call you, it's like a different question. You always have an answer. It's different topics too, right? So um, that, that what you just said makes sense to me. You know, one thing, you know, I noticed that Flazy was on the top 52 automation and companies in Canada. And I didn't know what, I was trying to figure out when that happened because I know you all were bought by Tavuli. And kind of what's, what's the background of FlyEasy? When you all came to existence, what was kind of the game plan, like the problem that you saw that you're solving? And then um, up until the point where you were bought by Tavuli. Sure. So we came into existence in about 2015 with the original founders, Constantine and Sean. Uh, and they came together uh, saying, we want to create a company in the space with some original aspirations for finding efficiencies in the empty leg market. They then turned their focus on to listening to a few operators in the Toronto region and responding to pain points. From there, uh, they had a few solutions for pain points that operators were experiencing. I was brought on board to help with digital uh, sales and, and marketing and just bringing this to the market, which we did. And then it grew from operator pain points to a marketplace for distributing flights to tools that brokers use for managing their trips 
And now we have a full suite of programs, including an API where you can buy our raw data feed. So it really started just listening to what clients were, were asking for and taking one step at a time. That brought us to where clients were asking for merchant accounts and payment services from us, which we found difficult to find a service provider that was consistent and who was had an appetite for the aviation sector. And so, and this, so this is more on the private charter broker side. That that's who your customers are predominantly. Operators and and brokers. First, we had operators. We built an instant estimate tool for their website so that tire kickers on a charter website don't bother the sales team. That was basically the pain point that that they needed. And that, you know, blossomed into many other conversations that, you know, you've seen. We have quite a few tools there for operators. And then layered on top of that was tools for brokers. And those just go together very well. So what what year did you sell to Vui? That was last year. So was yeah. that okay, so, so 2020? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what led to that? Was that the plan? It just, they reached out to you. It kind of made sense to be in, in there in the fold of the companies that they own. They own a lot, obviously all over the place. Well, Tavoli is very specific to the financial, the FinTech space in private charter. And we had Greg Johnson, we had built a relationship fairly early on in our career because he, he was quite friendly with us at shows and so on. So I think it was more of a, a maturing of our company and just being the right timing at Tavoli, where they were looking for uh, something to complement their payment solutions. And I, I think a software with a pain point focus was exactly what they were looking for. Okay. So um, in your mind, you thought it was the right time to sell? I think it was the right next step for us and it made sense for the team. So it was perfect and it allows us now to offer a lot better support and a lot better future when it comes to product development, as well as, as I said, that financial services, which was a huge pain, pain point for brokers entering the space, as well as operators when they have some security. So now with you know, the, the well-documented, we all talk about it every day, all day long, inventory issues because demand is so high. What are you hearing from your clients specific issues? And then how does your software solve it, make it easier to use, you know, to, to fulfill orders, if you will? Well, we're going into Christmas, so I don't think there's been a Christmas yet that hasn't been low inventory. Uh, we are unique in the space. Uh, we don't charge operators to list their aircraft. So we probably have the most complete list of available inventory. Um, I've seen a huge growth in the available empty leg flights. Although I will say that our, our brokers are experiencing difficulty securing that last minute trip or uh, especially in a certain price range where prices seem to have gone up. It's always been a relationship industry as well. I think over the last maybe two years pre-COVID, there was a big expectation to have platforms automate back and forth the, the request for the charter trip. And now you know, in the last six months, I would say a lot more brokers are, are leaning in on their relationships to secure inventory rather than the platforms. Not that they're leaving the platforms, but they just realize that it's really an information and database. It's not actually going to close the deal and get the, in, the aircraft that I need. Interesting you said, because that is exactly what we're seeing. And, we're, and we've built up our, we built up a sales team we didn't plan doing for a little while. Uh, we have about six people on it now. And What's interesting is once someone tries us out, because we have automated, as you know, the pricing one time, 
they just get on there and we, we've done multiple fights now where people don't even talk to us. They book it and they get the, you know, the notifications all electronic and mm-hmm. it's super easy, but it all has started with, but for one flight, one person was awfully automated out of the gate. But for other than that, it's, there's a lot of handholding going on. A lot of people, like you said, are kind of want to do pre- fly private charter. You know, it's always hard to get into, hard to figure out. I think our tool makes it easy from a consumer standpoint to figure out what it's all about. And your tool, which I know you know, we're familiar with it because we've been trying to work together for a long time, makes it easy on our back end, I guess, if you call it that, to secure the operator. Yeah. So it, I still think there's a big opportunity for that data to make it easier, right? It's still a fragmented industry, even though you have several different players mm-hmm. collating and distributing data. I'm excited for the next 10 years to see how much more efficient we can be, how much more uh, targeted fleets can be. I think there's a, a ton of opportunity coming from from potentially sharing data. Sharing data between operators and yourself, you mean? The operators and ourselves, all the different uh, platforms, everyone seems to be sitting on their data rather than allowing that data to tell us where the next steps are going, like where where the fleet should be, where the, the certain clients that are expecting a certain type of aircraft should be. All of that is still, it's not even collected, right? It's still very, very. Yes. It's funny. We have our, our market, we have a new marketing firm, they're full, fully digital marketing firm. And that's exactly what we're doing now. We're going through the motions of, you know, for example, we know who our customers are, right? It's the top 10%, the top 1%. It's probably about 2 million flyers, but you know, they're, they're easy to know who they are, but they're hard to target. And Mm -hmm. so what you just said, we're going through where they live, what their behavior, what their behavior is during, during their flights, what kind of planes that they, they, they usually release. And we're compiling all that data to kind of get a better handle on different profiles of who the customer is. We can easily, you know, talk to them or reach out to them, if you will, and let them know what we're doing. But it's all data-based, exactly what you're saying. Right. And, and, and so that's exciting because once you figure that out, I think you, you'll welcome a new user to the platform as well. There'll be an increase in use that wasn't there before because you're being uh, very targeted and supplying the product that, that that specific market needs. And right now it's difficult and everybody's fragmented, you know, talk to lots of brokers that have a few business guys as their clients. They have a few sports guys, and then they have a couple retired couples. And right, that's it. Right, and they're not optimizing their own business, never minding the flight and the services for those different types of clients. Right, exactly. That's true. Yeah, it's like you always have to follow, follow the data. Right, numbers don't lie. Data doesn't lie. Well, and in our industry is is I think there's just a ton of opportunity there still. Right, it's still very raw when uh, where the data comes from, what it looks like. Yeah, we say very antiquated, as you know. That's why I want to talk to you because like our, our mindsets are similar. We kind of look at the industry and it's like we, it's antiquated. There's actually probably a hundred different things you could do to, to fix different problems there. We're just working on what we believe is, for me, the most exciting one. Um, I'm sure when you all started out with Fly Easy, the same thing as well. Um, and, and your UI is great. I like your UI as you test that out a bunch. Good. I think it's uh, it's done, done you've done a real, really good job on that. So where do you see, after we kind of get through the pandemic and the super high demand thing, where do you see, in your opinion, uh, private jet charter going? Meaning prior to the pandemic, it was about 80% business, 20% leisure. During the pandemic, it switched to 30, 70. 
And then you read all the rags now, people think it'll be 60 business and 40 pleasure travel or you know, personal travel, if you will. Uh, where do you see that ending up in your opinion? And how can how can people, you know, brokers or operators take advantage of the changes that are coming? Yes. So I think I think there's a bit of a bit of a change in work-life expectation and and how we would regard charter trips that way. So it used to be that people may add a vacation to their business trip where now they're they're making their vacation have a little business on it. Meaning that if I'm going to my second house, maybe I'll have a meeting at that location rather than planning a company trip. So I think there's a bleeding of what is business and what is vacation or leisure from the community that was the original pre-COVID community. Their consumption habits have definitely changed and, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the next couple of years. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a new entrance, right? That like, then we've had probably 50% of the flying going right now is newer entrants. And I think they're there because there's a different way of viewing private travel. One is that an airport is just totally unsafe. And so safety has become the newest, most important piece rather than even your time. I, I think pre-COVID, it was all about saving time. And now uh, it's about safety. And then as course time, because an airport takes so long. And I don't think those folks are going away. I don't, I don't believe, I think it's more of a new norm rather than a back to norm where they're not going to shy away from it if they can afford it. And I believe the numbers say that there's a large percentage of users that could afford it, but just don't today. So you've got the original traveler who now has a different habit. You've got a new entrance who either needs, who's got, you know, they're near maybe end of life and, and not traveling is just not an option. So they're willing to spend more. Or now that private aviation has a different way of looking at it, they feel it's, it's, it's something that can be utilized with a different attitude, I think is very important. And then I have this suspicion that there's going to be another group of users. And it's almost like an emerging group of users. And I don't, I, I can't even put my finger on exactly how you describe them, but it's somebody who maybe was commuting for work. So, well, I mean, you've got large players who are doing seat sharing, fractional, and I think that there's going to be something that's established in that sector that turns out to be profitable in that in between a full jet user, whether they just be in a program and buying cards and, or if they're actually sharing seats um, or if they're, you know, just accessing a, a smaller aircraft on a more fr frequent basis. How about, it's funny, I was going to ask you one question. I've talked to a few people who are in their early 30s and they're um, crypto traders. Mm -hmm. I have a couple of um, friends who own those companies. I, I said, can I talk to some of their traders? I just wanted to see how they viewed money, use of money, saving money, where they spend it. And it's like 100% of the, the people I talk to who are that younger 30 group would rather rent a private jet than buy a brand new house. They'd rather- Oh, for sure. Go to like Bali and spend, you know, cryptocurrency on that than like have a great house in like, you know, Chicago, or New York or, or Ontario. And it's, it's, it's almost like, if you know what you're doing in crypto, you can make a lot of money. So it's almost, I don't want to say it's monopoly money, but it's like these, the people who are doing it are very successful and it's just not a big deal for them to put down. Well, I think the, the perceived value of experience has gone through the roof because of social media. Right. And I also think people don't have a handle on what, I mean, I know, I know what $1 is like, 
we, we all grew up that way with a, with a Canadian dollars to you, U.S. dollars. To yeah, we yeah. all know what that means. But no one really knows, unless you're in the business, what the crypto is to them, right? So if you're in it and you spend, you know, fifty grand, you know, $50,000 on a flight, I know because they're telling me, they're thinking, well, I'll make that back next week. Yeah. Literally in the trades that they're doing. It's like a, it's it's an, it's interesting, and so we've we've been talking with. We're, and we will eventually get there, um, in, um, integrating crypto uh, currency into payment payment processing. But that's a younger group, and if they're flying in their mid thirties, they're gonna be flying thirty years later, you know, in their sixties, and that's you can get them early. You can probably have them for a long time. Yeah, I think the volatility in that crypto market provides for them to to be flying private right yes. the, it, it's the volatility in the market and i don't think that that's going to go away anytime soon although it could we'll see i hope we don't get a crash um agree yeah so it, i think there's tons of potential it's still uh you know it's still kind of a first generation industry the test pilots for the first aircraft or first private jets are are you know still walking around so I'm excited to see what happens, especially with electric coming out. I know some of the new electric planes is crazy. What's your opinion on like the floating fleets? Like people are buying like 20 plants and they'll put five at Teterboro, five, five at Palm Beach, five in Van Nuys and five in Dallas or something. It's kind of, it's just a business that they kind of run. We've seen that the last several years. And there, I've, and I've talked to a couple of new ones that just came, kind of came out within the last couple of months. You, I, I think you guys track that, right? as well right so we'll allow, allow an operator to say this is a floating aircraft um which means that they're going to be seeing trips for a general area rather than specific mission profiles we love uh floating fleets that's where you get your true one-way price i agree uh, <laughs> uh, it's and, and that's your specialty right uh I, I there's been quite a bit of acquisition in the space which usually means there's something good there right uh and uh, I hope to see some new players. I think healthy competition in the floating fleet arena would be great. Yeah, I agree. So I, I guess I'll end with, I'll end with one question. Um, I, I ask most everybody is a similar way, but you know, have you flown privately before? Because it's like we're all kind of in it. We love to do it, but a lot of people haven't done it. I've been lucky enough with an old client of mine. I used to fly with them all the time. So I've done it a bunch. But my question is, if you, if you have flown privately before, what was your favorite trip? What did you do? And what was your favorite plane? That you've been on uh yeah so i've been on many private jets uh never flown private uh uh been invited on a couple empty legs that just didn't work out uh i'm still kind of a peas and toast guy so um <laughs> we'll get there one day uh it's definitely a goal but not achieved yet sam i got it no i got it it's it's fun for sure and um, a little joke, I I, I did uh, take your advice and I bought some of the Embraer stock last year. So that was a good thing. Thank you. Yes, good. I hope, well, maybe it'll pay for a trip then. Uh, okay, there you go. I know, I know you, you track all the aviation stocks. I guess I, I know it's a one final question. Another final question. Have you always been in aviation or kind of what were you doing before? Is your marketing is your background, right? Uh, yeah. Before this, I was in a startup. We developed a system for tracking the ROI of influence, meaning we could track um, purchases through social media, sharing, creating campaigns. I worked in a digital agency uh, doing quite a bit of print and uh, digital combinations. So my background comes from marketing, not from aviation. Got it. Got it. And Paul was kind enough to 
spend like an over an hour on the phone with me teaching me and early on about keywords and private aviation. And thank you for that. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's uh, it, it, yeah, it's a, I find it fairly easy. It's a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot of cool data you can get from digital marketing. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, cool. Awesome. I had a great conversation. I knew it would be. And um, I know we'll talk soon. I want to thank you very much for your time, Paul. All right. Thanks so much, David. We'll talk soon. Thank you all for joining the Jetmetric podcast today. We hope you all learned a little, maybe became a bit smarter, and maybe, just maybe, you're now a jet setter, or at least on your way to be. The Jetmetric podcast is brought to you by Airbook One, where booking private jet charters has never been easier with guaranteed pricing, a high-end flight concierge team, and a super cool app. Check out Airbook One at www.airbookone.com and on both the Apple app and Google Play stores. This podcast can be found at www.jetmetricpodcast.com and, of course, at the Airbook One homepage. Have a great day. And until next time on the Jetmetric Podcast, read, learn, and fly. See you all later. Yeah.